0: Now that Alex Trebek has left us, I can only assume that Pat Sajak is in 24-hour protective custody. But my guest this week actually got to spend some quality time with him. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith
1: Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener.
0: One person who seems like they'd have an interesting story to tell is Lucia Klerk, the oldest person at her nursing home in New Jersey at 105 years old. When she was born, Woodrow Wilson was in the White House being not-so-secretly racist. Although she's probably seen a lot in her 105 years on this planet, the most interesting thing may be the fact that she just survived COVID. Welcome to the club. The secret to her longevity, the nine gin-soaked golden raisins she has eaten every day for most of her life. So apparently that's the secret either to living for 105 years or surviving COVID. So it's not hydroxychloroquine. Imagine that. Of course, you'd already be well aware of Lucia's story if past you had gone to my website, KeithConradMedia.com, and signed up for my free e newsletter, The News SideQuest. In it, you'll get a slew of underserved headlines. I borrowed that phrase from Andrew Heaton. It lands in your email inbox every weekday also please consider rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you happen to be listening to it it'll help new people find the show my guest this week is zach bennett the host of the brand new podcast media makers available wherever you happen to be listening to podcasts i'll be a guest on his podcast on the episode that's dropping march 8th zach thanks so much for joining me hey thank you keith i'm glad to glad to be on the on the horn with you here it's been a long time since you and i talked it it has and uh i've actually had one previous guest on the greatest story ever podcast um talking about uh, game shows and I, i think he had a a very different angle from from you because he was actually going from like game show to game show he he did like three of them within the course of six months and uh, I, I think your experience being on Wheel of Fortune was uh, just a little different than that. Maybe it's a little bit more a little bit more special for you.
1: It was. It was a lot of fun. I was. Uh, I was younger. Well, obviously, I would be. Yesterday, I was younger, but this was 20 years ago when I was in college, and I was a student at Middle Tennessee State University. And um, at the time, I was working at a radio station uh, in Lebanon, Tennessee, which is about 20 miles east of Nashville, 20 or 30 miles east of Nashville. And um, we had a an event come through town called the Mobile, and it was in anticipation of Wheel of Fortune filming some episodes uh, at, at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, and so they came around to town, and they put on a big event, and it was in a, a at an old middle school football field, because they were having like a, an Oktoberfest event or something, a little town event going on anyway, so this was just part of that, so there were thousands of people there, and you would fill out a little card and say, I want to play with the Wheelmobile, and so there was a big bus, and they would play a little mock game of Wheel of Fortune up on a stage, and it was, it was a way to get people to audition for the show, basically, but it was really more of a data collecting event, I think, because everybody mm-hmm. was filling out cards. And this was in 2002. So this was pre everybody signing up on smartphones, you literally had to go write your name on a card. Um, and so I wrote my name on a card. And I was just nervous as crap that they were going to call me up on stage because I just I do not like being on stage. I've been on the radio for 20 years, I can sit in a padded room with a microphone and talk to myself and 1000s of people can hear it. it doesn't bother me put me on a stage and I just freeze. Um But they didn't call me, and so I was a little disappointed and I I watched the show that they were doing up there on the stage and everything, and I thought, well, my Wheel of Fortune journey is over. <laughs> and about two months later, about two months later, I got an email, and uh, it said, hey, we want you to come audition uh, for Wheel of Fortune, which I thought that's what the wheelmobile was. It turns out that was really just more of a promotional thing, right? Um, and so uh, they invited me to the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, I'm sorry, oh, let me let me rephrase that they invited me to the Opryland Hotel. And the Opryland Hotel, for those of you who don't know, Keith's listeners, um, it's a giant hotel in Nashville. It's a convention center. It's about the size of a Vegas casino. There are just no mm-hmm. slot machines anywhere. It's just a giant resort. Used to and have so, a uh,
0: used to have its own little amusement park, and then that became a mall. But uh, yeah, it's still exactly. huge by itself.
1: <laughs> yes, the hotel is massive. <laughs> um, I mean, like three thousand rooms or something like that. It's just a giant place. And and I got lost going in there because I didn't know which corner of the hotel this convention center room was um and and they take you into a room um with about i don't know i don't know how many times they did this that day but for my session there were probably three or four hundred people in this room Mm -hmm. and um I thought I was going to audition for Wheel of Fortune. Instead, I got called into another cattle call, right? <laughs> and so they uh, would call people up about six at a time to come up front and play one short little puzzle. And you would pretend like you were on the show. They're like, now reach across and spin that wheel. And there, there was no wheel there. I mean, this is like an empty conference
0: room. And uh, <laughs> see, 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 that to, to me would be so distracting. I'm like, but there's no wheel here.
1: Exactly. And then I'd be out. They Do yeah. you remember the little board game where you had the little wheel that you would just flick yeah, and yeah. it would just spin around on the piece of cardboard? That's what they literally had was from the board game. I <laughs> thought I was being punked. I didn't think this was actually Wheel of Fortune because, you know, Nashville is a big media hub, right? And I right. thought this might have been for a while. I seriously thought I might be on a practical joke show here. This might not actually be Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> um, and it, so I got called up. And, yeah, so they're like, all right, now reach over and spin that wheel and you reach down and you pretend like you spin it and you have to go ding 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 click 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 while they spin the little cardboard <laughs> wheel and uh and they're like shout out a letter so it's like r and you know they had a they had it on a projector screen up there they were playing the game and anyway i did that and then they weeded it down to about Thirty more. Oh well, let's see, I weeded it down probably about a third of that. So there were probably forty or fifty people, however many of that it would be. And they did it again, and they did it a little more intense that time. With you were up there a little longer, um, and then they had you in. In the meantime, they had you fill out little uh, like um, Wheel of Fortune game sheets. It was like fill-in-the-blank puzzles, like you would see on Wheel of Fortune. But they just handed them out to everybody in the room, and they're like, you have ten minutes to solve as many of these as you can, and there were like twenty or thirty on there. And so they, you know, there were a few letters revealed and you had to guess what the puzzle was and I it, it, the audition process was just so strange because I'm like this is a television show, right? I mean, what am I doing here? Um so anyway long story short i I made it through the second round of auditions and they said well we'll call you if you get on the show if not hey here's a keychain. it's been fun having you here and make sure to watch us every night at seven o'clock on channel two um and so um i guess it was a couple weeks later i was on my way to a high school basketball game where i was doing play-by-play and my mom called me and said where are you right now and i said i'm I'm in gallatin which is another town here in middle tennessee Mm -hmm. and uh and said well um wheel of fortune just called and they want to know if you want to be on the show and i told them that uh, you would call them back tomorrow and i'm like what are you doing yes say yes right like (laughs) tell them i said yes And she's like well i told them that that they could call back tomorrow and i was like oh my god my mom just destroyed this this um this dream of mine and i was still living (laughs) with my parents at the time because i was in college and even though i had a a a room on campus i you know my primary residence was still with them and uh, and i was like oh they're never going to call me back they're never going to call me back Mm -hmm. Um, the next day the producer called me back and uh and we worked it out and they were going to send me a fedex envelope with all the information in it and uh and so they did And, and i showed up and and we filmed it um at the grand Ole opry house This was uh, when they took it on the road. So it was the the same stage that the Grand Ole Opry has been on since 1974. And uh, it was just such a cool experience to be up on that stage for one, just as a Nashville kid. I mean, this is a legendary stage. And so to be standing on that stage for any reason, you're just in awe of the history that's happened there. And the the so many famous people that have stood on that stage. Um, So they took us in that morning and we were in the, the building next door and what they say to do is um, come in and just just get to know all the contest the other contestants because these are the people that you're gonna be with all day and this is not your competition these are just the people who are playing the game with you and you're like but they are my competition because I'm trying to win the game, right? (laughs) So, so they brought us all in and we were there at probably eight in the morning and the taping was not until mid to late afternoon and they wanted us there all day just to get to know each other. And, and they did makeup with us like first thing in the morning, even though it was hours and hours until we taped. The first thing we did was they put makeup on us. and then we they did some more interviews with us just to get to know us a little better and they asked us like well when pat does his interview with you what do you want him to ask you about tell us something interesting that's going on in your life and um and then when they because they filmed five episodes at a day right so they had 15 or actually 14 of us in
0: there and a couple of alternates um which by and- the way it's good to know that uh, both uh, pat sajak and i have the same interview question just what's the most interesting thing in your life <laughs>
1: yeah i guess he does um so um so yeah it was so cool though we all got to know each other and the contestants you know we had two meals together and they had little games that they would play with us just to build rapport between the contestants because we were all going to be in there together and they wanted us all rooting for one another um especially the ones that weren't on the same show that we were mm-hmm. um and so to uh, select how they uh Select you for the show for which show you're going to be on because they film five. Is they had a little basket and you would reach in and grab a uh, a coin and each of the coins had a one two three four or five on it and so whichever one you pulled if you grabbed a two you were on the Tuesday show if you grabbed a four Thursday and five Friday and so forth. Um, mine was five so it was like oh great now I get to sit through everybody else's and be nervous as crud the whole time waiting for mine to be the last one to take <laughs> um, and. Uh, and then at that point then you draw again to determine uh which position you're going to stand in whether you stand in the red the yellow or the blue um and so it's just all random draw and they explained to us they had a lawyer there when the lawyer came in all the producers had to leave and that's a throwback to the quiz show scandals of the 50s oh, yeah. um and and they wanted us to know hey if you see any improprieties you have to tell us you have to call it out immediately we will stop tape we we don't want any sort of impropriety on the game show because if there's any semblance that any of it is rigged, this whole production could go down in flames. And Wheel of Fortune's been around for a long time and we would like for it to continue to be around for a long time. (laughs) Um, So this lawyer was omnipresent. He was there all day and said, if you witness anything, anything, just stop, we'll we'll investigate it. And if it turned out that nothing's going on, then we'll we'll go and do our thing. Um, I said there were 14 contestants instead of 15. The 14 of us and the two alternates had built up such a rapport, it was by the end of the day. And the 15th contestant was somebody that they were just going to draw out of the audience because this was a live event. And that was part of the the draw to the event was if you come to the show, you could be on the show. So they did a random drawing of one person from the audience that got to come and and be a contestant that day. And, um, it was so funny how much we all resented that one person. We're like, <laughs> well, you didn't have to go through all this stuff. We've had to sit here through lawyer speeches and da." da, da and you just literally walk up on the stage. Um,
0: so everybody's ganging up on that poor person. Almost
1: that poor lady uh, was just like, yay, we're proud of you and we want you to win, but not really. <laughs> and So, um, Anyway, so I'm I'm f- getting ready to film the show, and uh, we're all seated on a corner of the auditorium where we can barely see anything because they don't want us uh, taking up the good seats that people have uh, you know waited all day for. So they literally have us shoved over in a corner with a monitor. And I got to meet Charlie O'Donnell, who was the voice of Wheel of Fortune for a long time. He passed oh, yeah. away a few years ago. Yeah. He came over and introduced himself to everybody and just kind of shot the breeze with us all. And uh, he was just so cool to talk to. And I was just in awe of it because Because he was, you know, I was working in radio, and this is like a legendary radio guy and an announcer guy. And so I was just asking him all these questions, and it kind of helped, you know, break the ice for me a little bit. It was really neat. But I noticed when I was talking to Charlie, I looked down at my jacket, and my name tag had fallen off my jacket. And it's just a little piece of cardboard that that they just... Put double-sided tape on and stick it to your coat mm-hmm. um, for for the, the you know the little blue name tag that people wear on Wheel of Fortune. And so it had been on there for hours because I'd been waiting to tape through all these other shows. And I looked down and it was gone. And I'm like, oh crap, where is it? And I look on the floor and I it had fallen on the floor and I had stepped on it and broken it in half.
0: Oh, that's not good. And see, see, what you could have done is you, you may have missed an opportunity. You could have blamed the. The, the new person got them <laughs> kicked off the show.
1: I think she was up on stage already at that okay. point. So I didn't have a scapegoat, but I start sweating bullets, Keith, because I'm like, oh, my God, my chance at the show is gone. I have destroyed the name tag. And they told us guard this thing with your life because you can't get another one. And. I'm a worst case scenario kind of guy. My mind always just goes to what is the worst possible thing that could happen here? Oh, yeah. So I'm freaking out because it's like I'm not going to get on the show. And they told us if something happened and we got sick or something happened and we couldn't be on the show, that they would let us come on in Los Angeles at the regular studio sometime in the next uh, few months. But now I'm going to have to fly to Los Angeles on my own dime to do this. And, you know, and I'm just freaking out and um i i go to the producer and i'm all sweaty and in a tizzy because i'm like i've lost my name tag it's on the floor it's broken in half what do i do what do i do and he was like hmm this has never happened before i don't know what to do (laughs) and i'm thinking oh great i'm gonna I'm going to miss out on my Wheel of Fortune chance. Um, so he went to the costume coordinator or whoever, I don't know, whatever, somebody else on the crew, and they made me another one that was a little lower quality, but on television, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Um, and um, they they stuck it on me, and he said, don't lose this one. Try not to lose this one this time. <laughs> so um, I, I got it on, and went on and did the show and um i started off on a hot streak i, I answered the first uh, toss-up question correctly i answered the second toss-up question correctly so i had like three thousand dollars when the game before the game had really even started and i thought i'm on a roll and then i we started the game and i answered the first uh, puzzle correctly um and things were just going really really well and on wheel of fortune you get to keep whatever you win you don't there, there's no second or third place consolation prize if you win a puzzle and you get thirty-eight hundred dollars or whatever that's you get to keep that uh, mm-hmm. you don't lose it um so i had i had racked up a lot of money and i'm 21 years old and in college at this time so that's a lot of money especially for me um
0: and hey i take that round, now
1: yeah, I would too. <laughs> um, and then the next round uh, I spun and I landed on the mystery wedge um, where you, you have to take a risk because it could either be a big prize or a bankrupt, right? And so I flip it over and it's a Ford Ranger pickup truck. and. I drove a Ford Ranger at the time, so I was super excited that I was going to get a new truck, except the the next thing I hit was lose a turn, and then the the player, two people, or two guys over from me got the puzzle, so I didn't win the Ford Ranger. But there's video of me uh, on national television going crazy and shouting, Ford Ranger! Ford Ranger! (laughs) still out there on YouTube somewhere I think um but I had people ask me for months how's your new Ford Ranger and I would have to go yeah I didn't win it because I didn't solve the puzzle oh I thought you
0: won it because you were going crazy on TV it was like yeah
1: I didn't I'm still driving the old crappy
0: one that I had you were going crazy for the opportunity not not even for for winning it just the (laughs) opportunity to win it
1: man i was on a hot streak my confidence was high at that point i thought i was gonna just sweep the whole game um so anyway the uh the guy um two guys over from me he and i his name was tim and he and i became really fast friends throughout the day he um he was a Church of Christ minister, and I went to a Church of Christ at the time mm-hmm. uh, in the next town over, and uh, we knew a lot of the same people because he had gone to college with some friends of mine, and we just hit it off just immediately, and it was great. It was really, really cool to to make a fast friend that day, and and then we wound up on the same show against each other, so it was really—I was rooting for him. I wanted him to do well, um, and he did a little too well. He got me by $500 in the game overall, so I finished the day with nine. dollars thousand eight hundred dollars, which I got to keep, which I loved having that kind of money uh, Mm -hmm. when I was in college. That helped Um, helped a lot. Um, He got ten thousand three hundred. He went on to the bonus round and won the bonus round on a puzzle that I would not have gotten based on the letters I was going to choose, you know, where they help you out at the beginning of the bonus round. So, Tim, he went out, he won like thirty thousand more dollars. He won a trip to South America. And I was so happy for him because his wife was pregnant at the time and they didn't have good health insurance. And so they really needed that money uh, to fund all the medical bills that came with having a baby. And so everything worked out. You know, I got $10,000 almost from when I was in college, and which was a big help. And then he got the money that he needed to pay for his child's delivery. So everything was awesome. It was a great experience. But then comes the NDA part. Um, between the time that they film it and the time they air it, you can't tell a soul what happened. They don't want any leaking at all of the results because God knows if you watch Wheel of Fortune, you can't have spoilers. Right, Keith?
0: Oh, clearly not.
1: Yeah, you don't want to know which person won the game. So but they they I had to sign an NDA that said I wouldn't tell anybody what happened uh, unless they were there in the audience that day. And I had some friends who were in the audience um, and they could tell everybody they wanted, but I couldn't legally. And if word <laughs> got out that I could that I did, I could forfeit my winnings. Um, well, and and, the, and uh, the funny
0: thing is, like, you know, sort of laugh about it, but. You know, over the past, you know, what, four or five years, uh, such a a sports betting, you know, empire has has emerged that who knows, there's probably people betting on Wheel of Fortune.
1: I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all if, if that were the case. I mean, yeah. that, that really could be happening. I hadn't even thought about that, but not, not so much in 2002 probably or 2003. Not. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't tell a soul what happened and we had a big viewing party over at my college with me and some friends of mine and, uh, when it aired and it was finally, it was good to get that off my chest, but then something else interesting happened. This was in, see, we shot it in January of 2003 and it began airing, uh, that episode aired in February of 2003 and part. Of what they tell you when you sign the contract is that if the episode doesn't air in a majority of markets, we don't have to pay you. Um, the The episode has to actually air for them to give you the money that's in the contract that you sign. Well, wow, February, January, February of two thousand three uh, was when the Iraq War was starting, and so there's this international conflict going on. And meanwhile, I'm worried that if George Bush decides to bomb Iraq this week, that my Wheel of Fortune is <laughs> going to get preempted and I'm not going to get any of this money that I won. That was my main concern when I was 21 years old <laughs> at the time. Um, uh, see, but every-
0: there's another uh, another strike against the Iraq war. Yeah, If, o- if only some
1: it- politicians had known this and that's why i was against the iraq war when i was in college it was for that reason alone not not anything else um but anyway it all aired i got my check they told me i was going to have to pay uh some california income tax i don't know why i would have had to pay california income tax the production was based in california but we shot it in tennessee which has no income tax um and uh, I kept waiting for the bill. They said we'll send you a California uh, income tax return that you have to file, and they never did. So I didn't pay any. So I may still be outstanding uh, on some back taxes That's to the state of California. You're I not allowed know.
0: in. You're not allowed in the state of California anymore. You, 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 know, you don't know it. Cal- but- yeah, <laughs> they, they know.
1: Cali- hey, I told you I was worst case scenario guy. I went to California in February of last year. I went to Disneyland two weeks before they had to shut it down. I was legitimately worried somebody from the state of California <laughs> is going to find me here and tell me that I owe them however much in back taxes from 2003. Um, but uh, they didn't. So I'm good. Uh, I may- maybe after, after California reopens, I'll be able to go back out there and uh, evade arrest once again who knows yeah yeah
0: well that's uh that's uh that's that's definitely a a unique experience thanks so much for sharing your story it was a lot of fun thanks keith thanks for having me on if you think you can top zach's tale send me an email at greatest story ever podcast at gmail.com
1: Gabatron.